0: Welcome to Wild Hearts at Work, a podcast redefining our relationship with work through stories and conversations with wild hearts who have dared to challenge the status quo. And now, here's your host, Melissa Boggs.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Wild Hearts at Work podcast. I am your host, Melissa Boggs, and this week... We're going to talk a bit about authentic- uh, 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 authenticity. <laughs> How about that for being authentic? We're going to talk about authenticity. We're going to talk about psychological safety and who knows what else with my incredible guest, Allison Pollard. Allison, welcome to the podcast.
0: Hi. Thanks for having me.
1: Hello. So, Allison, you are the technical director for improving mm-hmm. and that means that you provide coaching to your clients and that could be agile coaching that could be culture coaching leadership coaching what else yes. can you tell us about what you do every day
0: yeah yeah it's a it's a great question because i do feel like my role has like morphed uh, in the last couple years and coming from that agilist first mentality i see the i see the threads i see all the connections um but more, more and more, I'm mentoring Scrum masters and Agile coaches that are working with our various clients. I'm helping to build up our own sort of thought leadership, which is always a funny word in my head. <laughs> yeah, we sit around, we think, uh, but really, you know, what are the what are the models or, or like what are the ideas that we have found helpful? How do we share those um, with our clients with the broader community? So that we can elevate um, IT as a profession and really create more environments of trust. Uh, I, I think back to when I started as a project manager and it was always this like disagreement between either like the clients and like the development team, or later that like internal business area and their IT. Uh, I, we can be healthier than that. We can align on the same goals, be working for the greater good of our our customers and the the community at large, and being able to work through those conflicts. Um, bringing in some agile practices, some lean practices, some better org design, um, thinking about more conscious culture, uh, and taking care of our stakeholders. All of this stuff uh, can make the workplace more engaging more inviting and I, I think more fruitful.
1: you mean that we don't have to accept like fighting between departments as a <laughs> yeah. way of
0: living at work there's there's a better way, Allison? i I believe so. Uh, I, I think that's like part of my internal drive of I'm always looking well honestly, I'm always looking going there's problems. there's problems everywhere and I I sometimes get married to like my inner internal frustration. Uh, of I don't I don't love how everything is right now and I want to do something about it. Um, I remember years ago working for a manager. His name was Rowdy. And so, if there is ever <laughs> someone that is likely to challenge a status quo, it is someone named Rowdy. Um, he's a great, great guy. I remember telling him like, "Oh, Rowdy, I am I I'm like really having a hard time with this project that I'm managing and." It feels like we're, we're running into challenges. And I, I just see these opportunities. We could do things differently. Um, but I, I'm, I'm having a hard time introducing that or getting buy-in on it. And it's just very frustrating. Uh, and he looked at me and he said, your frustration is a good thing. And that's probably where, again, I I'd like got married to that frustration. Like Ring is on the finger forever and ever. Uh, it meant that I was not complacent it meant that I wasn't going to just go along for the sake of going along. That that I felt that there was something important and I was willing to work towards it. And I, I think you know my ongoing challenge now is how do I recognize that internally, but sort of like translate it before it comes out of my mouth? So it's not, hey, y'all, here's what I don't dig right now. Because... <laughs> Who wants to work with that? Um, But instead go, oh, hey, I feel like it could be a bit different. And let me talk to you about what that different is like. And start to to like, like breathe the energy of like this other future, this other possibility that starts to like entice people. And they go, oh, like I hadn't really thought of that. But now I'm willing to like flirt with that idea of like, you mean I could have nice things? You mean I could have a better <laughs> work relationship that that person that seems to exist for the the sake of just telling me I'm doing it wrong, we might actually like be be better colleagues and be able to collaborate more effectively if we can get to like, what's the thing that we need to align on for the sake of this project? Like how radical, how crazy, <laughs> sign me up, I'll I'll try it. I love,
1: first of all, yes to all of that. Um, I feel like all of my listeners just felt you just speak themselves into the air <laughs> because, you know, I mean, I love the part about being married to the frustration and we may have to track down Rowdy and have him come be on mm, the podcast as well. Maybe. <laughs> um, first of all, just like you said, because his name was Rowdy and mm. that's just rad. Um <laughs> But the idea of being married to the frustration and like I think so many of us feel that. And and the mm. funny thing is, I feel like that frustration is married to hope. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're mm-hmm. describing, right? You're describing sort of the flip side of the frustration, but that doesn't mean it doesn't suck sometimes. Right. You know, right, to right. look around and and see how much more there could be. Um, but I love how you described the action of taking that frustration and flipping it into hope and into opportunity. Yes.
0: Yeah. And, and cause I know um, I, I feel like, you know, one, if, if you can find like, what's that dream behind the complaint? Like what, what is that vision? What is that, you know, sense of purpose or like some values that you're wanting to live? Like what is that alternative thing? Um, I often struggle to put it into words Cause for me, I just know of like, Ooh, there's like the feeling that I have right now. And it's like, er, like, this is where like my incredible Hulk kind of like comes in of like, I want to smash some things. (laughs) I was probably like very articulate for the incredible. Allison smash. Allison (laughs) smash. Right. Um, versus like, Whoa, Whoa. Like, can I find like, where, like, where is that alternative? Like, where is that other thing? And like, what's it like there? That I, I'm not the person that comes in and says, let me tell you about Agile as an environment across your organization. And like there are teams and they are cross-functional and they self-manage and they, you know, collaborate and then they like blah, 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 blah. That's how it feels in my head if I tried to like spell all that out. Where I'm like, you just lost all of the magic because I tried to go really concrete. And you're like, yeah, like. I don't know that, that that sounds all that enticing. It's just like teams everywhere, um, versus if if you can get to a sense of, uh, you know, imagine that that people come in and and they're like ready for work, like they're engaged, they know what the mission is, they know what the purpose is, they are using their strengths, they are getting challenged by their teammates of like let's find the best way, let's find different ways. You know, how can I help you to grow uh, so that, you know, next week you're going to be a better player than you are right now? Because of the, the things that we're working through in this moment, like some of that starts to feel kind of compelling. I I'd think. work
1: there. i totally <laughs> work there.
0: <laughs>
1: well, and I think what you're saying is there's a storytelling component to all of this, right? Nice. That when you're that corporate rebel, if you will, mm-hmm. that the way to see through that the way to flip the frustration to hope isn't by beating people over the head with you know a to-do list
0: right right it's
1: it's a storytelling component um do you find that that's easy to do for you or do you find that it's it's a struggle
0: um I it's it's funny so like you, you invited me to the podcast. And I went into like, Oh, what stories should I tell? I feel like I should do some homework around this, you know, like, you know, let me get familiar with the podcast. Um, since it's fairly new, let me listen to some episodes, get a feel for it. And then what do I think is going to be best for your audience here? Uh, so I was going to be a really good student around this. Um, and I, I just so happened to have a conversation with my coach, um. After I listened to your trailer and I, I think one of the episodes, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't know how Melissa did it, but she is like tapped straight into a thing that I'm just loving. This like wild hearts at work. These are my people. Like, let's challenge some status quo. Let's let's be more authentic. Let's be more human. And and man, like, I I'm going to have to like really consider like, what am I going to bring into this? because I'm just scared of what unfiltered hell is going to come out of my (laughs) mouth and what the repercussions are going to be. And this is where my coach is like super smart. He goes, pause that right there. What did you just say? And I said, well, what unfiltered hell is going to come out of my mouth? And what are the repercussions? Like this thing's going to be on the internet. People are going to listen to it. Oh my God. He goes, that's why people don't challenge the status quo. Whoa. Say that Uh, again. Say that one more time. That, that concern right there. That is why people do not challenge the status quo.
1: Wow.
0: So that's the power of coaching, like right there. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's like one thing that just kind of like knocks you back and you go, whoa, I... All right, so I will not be doing my homework. I will not be as good of a student. I will make sure that I show up with my glass of water, with my, my, you know, whatever I, I need just to be myself. So today it was like, hey, I, I tried to dry my hair and make it look kind of nice, even though I haven't had a haircut in many, many weeks. So I can be or me.
1: <laughs> well, I'm sure you don't need to hear this. Because your coach helped you get there, but we love unfiltered hell on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so bring the pain, Allison. Right, um, right. But I'm wondering, can we dig into that a little bit? Like, what yeah, were you afraid sure. of?
0: Um, I mean, especially working with external clients, there's always that sense of like, "Ooh, am I about to like tell a story that like." Like, I'm not I'm not clear on the the potential and the good that I see in the people that I'm working with and how they are trying. Like, I, I think it's very easy to, to tell stories of like, let me tell you about people that are doing it wrong. And this is how it looks when they're doing it wrong. And man, <laughs> they would stop doing it wrong, and then and, and and you could even get into like I feel like the normal sort of like consulting that like, and then I came in with my cape and I rescued them, and I'm the greatest thing ever. Look at the good that I do in the world. I help people. Blah blah blah. Um, and and ugh, it, it's just kind of like creepy and weird. Um, but this the sense that I I could be telling stories about other people. That paint them in the wrong light um, was concerning for me
1: which funny, I mean, we don't know each other super well, but what <laughs> I do know of you, I know you to be an empathetic and kind human, and I, I honestly can't imagine you know that you view people that way, mm-hmm. therefore you wouldn't tell a story that way, but it's that voice in your head, like that you could do mm-hmm. something wrong and yeah. and not just you know, could do something wrong, but like, I could step out of line and that could mm-hmm. follow me. Yes. I mean, that's what I could kind of heard you say. was like, you know, it's one thing to like be venting with your other coach friends at a conference in the hallway and, you know, that never comes up again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I can see that being a thing that some of us might struggle with at work. Like your coach mm-hmm. said, mm-hmm. like if I step out of line, if I suggest something that's just totally crazy, or if I try something, yeah. you know, that that could follow me because it might not go well.
0: Yeah. And it it very much depends on the company. Like, you know, I, I've been working with leaders quite a bit the last couple of years and, and helping them be more intentional on, you know, changing some of their behaviors, empowering their people uh, speaking more to you know, like what are the results or like what are the outcomes? Uh, you know, what what are those like real goals uh, that you're giving to people and not just like telling them solutions, you know, or, or telling them how to implement something? And that's a pretty hard shift. Um, but I, I think to you know, one workshop that I was running, it was a director and his direct reports. And this director had taken on the burden of so much of trying to think about, you know, like, what are the technologies that we need to be modernizing and adopting? Like, what are the, uh, you know, upteen stakeholders and their demands? And how do we prioritize this? And how do we grow the skills of our employees and take care of them and give them exciting work to do? And, 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 and through this, his direct reports grew to dislike him. It's like you are putting your finger in everything, and I'm not getting outcomes. I'm not being empowered. You're trying to solve all the world's problems at once, and and in some cases, you might be bypassing me and going directly to my team. So like they're on the verge of mutiny <laughs> when yeah. it comes to this director, and so I come in, I say, "Oh, all right, woof, we got some conflict. Like, let's do this. Uh, there's something that really needs to change here. It's it's ripe. Uh, it's Getting overripe, if anything. Uh, and and words with the direct reports on like what is it you really need from this director? Because if we just start off of like, let's give you some feedback, so many different voices and so many different examples, like it will overwhelm him. He will not be able to process it. He will not be able to digest it. So, like, let's let's kind of talk about like what are the what are the most essential things? And I remember having the meeting where they start to play this back to him of like, here are the top things that we need from you. And one person kind of goes out on the limb and says, I need you to do this thing. And he goes, where is that coming from? Give me an example of when I did not do that, which was probably like the first indicator things are about to go into like dicey territory of like, tell me an example when I did not do that. She keeps going down the path of like, I want to help you understand what's at stake and why I'm asking you for this thing. Well, it, it gets so contentious after a while. They, I, it's like, I'm trying to slow them down. I'm trying to get them to, to better hear one another and, and to be able to um, find the, the place of agreement. And it's, it's a struggle. Uh, it ends up going into an email. And again, this, this person is challenging her boss. And she's doing it for his sake and hers. But now it got documented in an email. Mm-hmm. Well, that email happens to get shared um, by the director with his boss. And I think he was actually looking for, this is the feedback that I'm getting. I could use some coaching around this. Well, his boss, not knowing the context, sees his emails like, what on earth? Why is your direct report talking to you like that? And it becomes career limiting move right there for this direct report. And so it was actually having to to like intervene in thing that I didn't even know happened originally of like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, we cannot have this kind of interaction become a career limiting move, especially at the point where you don't even tell that person your email is being perceived as career limiting. You will never move up in this company if that's the way that you are talking to your boss. That is so uncool. That is so unsafe, but it's the like unsafe of you might as well be like walking through your organization, blindfolded hearing creepy noises and things that start to reach out to you, but you don't really know Am I in an okay place? Am I about to like have someone attack me or not? It's like the weirdest haunted house (laughs) sort of environment in my head in that case. When you don't get real feedback on how you're being perceived, you're not being told uh, that, that people are making judgments based on, you know, not even seeing your behavior like firsthand necessarily, but like seeing artifacts around it. Whereas, you know, what we were very much trying to do for this team was, let's just, let's just embrace some radical candor, you know, of, you know, it, I I think so often when we look at feedback, it's always about how do I give it? How, how do I word it just so how do I find the right time and the right setting? And if I can do this the most elegant way possible, you will probably hear it and do a thing and not hate me for it. (laughs) And I can see you tomorrow and it'd be okay. Um, And, and what I'm like starting to steer towards instead is, you know, one, do give some consideration of like, what is it that you want to say? Like, what, like, what is so important about this for you that you want to have the conversation? Like, what's at stake? You know, where, like, what is it you want to have happen as a result of this? Um, But, but then two, being willing to like lean in and say, I'm I might not get this in just the right wording. I want us to be able to talk through it and I want to set us up for a really good second conversation if need be.
1: Oh, if I we love can that.
0: commit to let me let me just like try and get through this, however clunky but real it needs to be. Let's not have this be like the one and only determining conversation. Cause I, I think when we bring that kind of high stakes into it. It adds pressure on both sides. And that's where we end up with these like really sort of broken relationships or damaged relationships instead of this might hurt a little bit or be like really awkward or or, like foreign to us uh, in this moment. uh, But can we commit to letting things like settle down for a little bit and then coming back together and going, so where are we now? And where like, where do we think we can head now that we've processed it a little bit?
1: There's something so beautiful about the expectation of a second conversation Mm. because the one, like you said, it kind of takes the pressure off that first conversation, Yeah, but also sort of implies a continued relationship, right? It implies (laughs) that like, I'm going to say this thing. And like you said, like really owning this probably, I'm going to probably blow this up. Like Mm -hmm. even just telling the, like, I don't know how to say this perfectly. And so- Please bear with me, bear with yes. my own authenticity, but I have an expectation, you know, of myself and of you that this mm-hmm. relationship's going to continue. And, you know, and it also makes space for like the introverts who need to process these things internally yes. in between those two conversations. Like I am one of those people that is not always great about being able to in the moment process what I've heard or even what Mm -hmm. I've said.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. And so
1: there's something really beautiful about, you know, our relationship's going to continue. That's implied, that's accepted. So let's just expect we're going to have another conversation and we will both have had the opportunity to think about things in between. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's amazing because it applies with my husband and my kids (laughs) and, you know, um, and I think that that's often what happens, but, the way that you set it the setting up of that expectation before the first conversation even happens mm-hmm, mm-hmm. can be really powerful
0: oh yeah I, I i mean it's funny i think people are sometimes intimidated to give me feedback cuz they know i i have a pretty high bar uh, and and if you're going to come to me with something like you better you better be solid on it or at least that's the, that's the thinking that they have and a friend of mine that I was working with years ago, it just so happened we were at the same client. And so I, I started uh, having to work with his team more closely. And we went to lunch and he starts off and it's like, you know, I've, I've been giving this a lot of thought, you know, we're we're like working more, you're, you're helping my team. And I, it's like, I, I'm not sure the best way to say this. You know, I, I don't... I don't want it to come out wrong or I don't want to offend you and I finally just went, dude, stop, 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 stop. You are hemming and hawing so much it is driving my anxiety up. I'm before I have a heart attack, I need you to just spit it out like permission to be whatever, just say it already. And he's like, oh, like, yeah, sometimes you're you're you know got the this look on your face like you're judging us and I'm like, cool, welcome to my face uh, like <laughs> How, how do we, like, what, what do I need to do differently? Cause I, I, you know, if I start thinking like, Oh great. I'll just always be smiling. Like he, does that work? <laughs> Is that better? Like that? No, probably not. You know, like, so, so, um, I, I think we actually started to come up with language of, you know, how can you help me know in the moment when you're starting to feel judgment? Uh, and, and we kind of joked, it's like, yeah, you sense, it's like, you're shooting lasers out of your eyes. I'm like, man, of all the superpowers I could have, I didn't know I had that one. That's pretty neat. I can shoot lasers out of my eyes. So you know what makes things really interesting in a meeting? When someone just goes, Allison, like woof, lasers, like got it. Woof, looking away. All right. Like chill, reset. All right. So what what is it you need right now from a coach? You know, how, how are we engaged on that? Like what's happening? Because uh, I, I think, the other thing that we don't always recognize uh, in those like weird feedback conversations, it's not just uh, my behavior, right. Of my face and the intensity and that, that beautiful resting face that happens um, when I'm in more of that observer (laughs) listener kind of mode. Um, But it's also just the own person stories that come up in their head. You know, it, I, I even had uh, an executive years ago. Like, I first meet him. I'm like, hi, I'm Allison. He goes, like, oh, that's my ex-wife's name. And I'm thinking, whoa. So, what does that mean for our future interactions? Like, did did you break up? Well, like, <laughs> or are you going to see my name? You're like, oh. you know, I, there there are things that are outside of our own control um, that that start to be attributed to us um, or associated with us uh, regardless that, um, if we, if we do have these open conversations, become a a little bit more aware, like, great. So like, just let me know when it it starts to come up that you're feeling the judgment or that you're starting to, I don't know, think like, Oh, that, that X of mine, right? Like, cool. Figure out like, how do we adjust the temperature right then? You know, like what, what do we need to do to, to kind of get out of that, Um, perception or out of that mindset? How can I help um, us to break through with that? Because I I certainly want a a healthier relationship for us to be able to work together.
1: It strikes me that one of the things we don't talk about a whole lot in the conversation about, say, psychological safety Mm -hmm. is the section of it that has to do with the coach. And (laughs) yeah, and what you just described specifically about your friend and having given you feedback, even though it might've been a little clunky to get there. Mm
0: -hmm. You
1: then walked into conversations knowing that if you were unconsciously or subconsciously like sending a message you didn't mean to send, that they had your back. Like your friend already demonstrated that he would give you the feedback. Well, now you have like an agreement Mm -hmm. about how that will come up in the moment. I have to, I don't mean to put, like words in your head, but I have to imagine <laughs> that actually would have made you feel safer Yeah, even doing your own job. And I don't think we talk about that a lot because there's a lot of like I don't know, the coach is neutral, the coach is objective, but like
0: we have our own insecurities and our own well, you know, and, things. And, and even this actually came up with, um, with one of my clients a couple years ago, there were a, a number of us in a coaching group, you know, working with different teams, working with, you know, different leaders, different stakeholders. Um, and in some cases, it, it felt like it was unsafe for coaching. Uh, that that some coaches trying to to you know call things out, be kind of direct, uh, you know, be be stronger in like guidance of like we're gonna try this other thing and we're gonna really try it for a couple of weeks uh and see how it how it works for us. We'll have a retrospective at the end, but we're we're gonna give it an honest go. Um they they would get feedback from folks that was like rejecting the coaching. Uh and it was I mean, it's easy then as a group to go, it is not psychologically safe for coaching. And like, oh, like, what do we do about this? And I'm like, I, I believe that yes, there needs to be psychological safety for coaching in order for us to be able to challenge, in order to, and, and also even like maybe not just like challenge, but even just reflect back. You know our experiences, or what it is that we're seeing, uh, or what we're hearing, so that it it becomes that mirror for people to to do something with. Um, I think what was getting lost in our internal conversation is we as coaches need to take on more of the responsibility in building the safety for ourselves. That because of the because of the role that we have taken on, uh, and I think especially a lot of the education, a lot of the training, the the practice that I've had in this area, you know the the idea of like, how are you creating that contract or or designing that alliance or or this sort of like working agreement with the groups? I know more about coaching than any of them because I have more experience in coaching. I've been a coach for many, many years. I work with a coach as a client for many, many years. I have gone through multiple coaching programs. I have coached, coach, 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 all the things it feels like. So when I come up to a team and I go, hi, radical question out of nowhere, big and powerful. And they're like, I don't like her. That's not just on them. That's on me. How did I set expectations? How did I clarify the the way that we're going to work together? How did I even start up into that big question? Because I've also learned, like, there are times, like, I love to just blurt it out and go, like, big old thing, like, elephant, doesn't it feel like? And they're like, uh, what? um Whereas if if you can, like, kind of get into that a bit differently of, like, you know, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm noticing that I've been holding my breath for the last minute as I hear the conversation that's going. And so I thought I'd uh, sort of like check in or, or kind of like pause the action for a moment. You know, I'm going to ask this big question now that might be pointing to an elephant in the room. Is that an elephant in the room? Is that the right elephant? Did I name it appropriately? It, it becomes a bit softer and a bit easier for people to work with. If you can find the way of introducing of like giving yourself that runway um, when you're, I don't know, <laughs> bringing up unusual conversations. Cause that's part of the thing that we do.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think about our listeners who maybe aren't, you know, quote unquote professional coaches, mm. but are these, you know, antsy people who see the same things that we see and I think what you just described was, first, you kind of described the impact that that moment was having on you, yes. right? You said, I held my breath. I've been holding my breath for the last minute. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of telling the people that you're speaking to that something that just happened was having an impact on me. So mm-hmm, it's not, mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, coming at you with something.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That that one's been... um I feel like the the easiest way, in, and and again, of like I'm I'm taking some responsibility. I'm going to share my personal experience, or like my personal impact, because um, while I could do of like, so I noticed when so and so was talking, you know, some folks started to look away. Well, that that now puts a, a light on maybe the person that had been talking and those that had been looking away, and it it becomes like really edgy and like really, really kind of awkward of like. Ooh! She just called me out, but didn't really like call me out. Like, Oh God, what happens now? Uh, that that's where, again, like bringing it, bringing the focus back to like, so here's what I'm noticing for myself. And I think that others might've had similar experience right now, like wanted to check this out with the group.
1: Yep. And then the next step I heard was sort of introducing the idea that I'm going to introduce an idea, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you did this all very, (laughs) very quickly and very fluidly. You know, this wasn't like a, a 10 minute speech, but you were like, I've been holding my breath for the last minute. I want to share the impact that had on me. So might I, and sometimes we do it by saying, might I ask a question or share an observation? Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I think that can apply to anyone. Like if, Mm -hmm. I mean, even, even if you're looking at a process in your organization that, you know, is a little bit sacred and people are not going to want to change mm-hmm. to come to the table and say, you know, I've been struggling with X, Y, Z. You know, I, I'd like to share an observation or a concern and in some cases come to the table with a solution. That's yeah. not always yeah. possible. Maybe it's here's a solution or it's, can I brainstorm with you or with this group about how we might improve this, you know, Mm -hmm, et cetera, et cetera. mm -hmm. But yeah, I really love this setup because I think what you just demonstrated could apply to so many situations, (laughs) but it's not not that feedback sandwich that everyone always talks about that like, I don't know, I think the feedback sandwich was only useful until people knew what it was. And then it started to become like, oh, you just gave me a compliment. Is there an insult behind it?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's this, um, there's actually a fantastic cartoon from Liz and Molly that I saw recently. And it's kind of playing on the feedback sandwich, but it actually shows different types of cookies uh, and and then has like a little description of like, so if you wanted the oatmeal raisin um, cookie, that means that uh, you like, you know, this kind of feedback and it's like... um, I forget, but you know, there, I know there was one of like, if you just want like the raw cookie dough, you're going to want that unfiltered feedback. know, um, yeah, I just thought it was like so clever because you're right. That. There's so many different ways that we're trying to like strike the right balance, like how much positivity and like ego stroking or, you know, making you feel good and appreciated. And then how do I like sneak in that constructive, not so lovely thing um, so you'll eat it
1: <laughs> so so you'll, putting zucchini so right. in the cookie so that you'll <laughs> eat the shaved zucchini. Um, we'll look up that comic and put it in the show notes. Um, yeah. cause that sounds adorable. I just have to say <laughs> only tangentially related, but oatmeal with chocolate chip. That's my favorite.
0: That's the, that that's a beautiful balance of like, I'm kind of healthy and still getting the the chocolate bit that I needed. Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't know how that translates to feedback. Maybe it's in the comic, but
0: <laughs> it's probably
1: rather indicative of like how I live my life. Like
0: yeah,
1: a little bit, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing. And then, I don't know, a little bit of chocolate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so we've been talking kind of skirting psychological safety. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious your take on what the pandemic has done to our sense of psychological safety, our sense of humanity,
0: mm.
1: all of this working from home. I think there's some notion that, you know, we're better off now because like <laughs> kids and dogs and you know, like, we all, you know, have seen it, mm. but then I think there's maybe another side of that. So,
0: ah, uh, yeah, well, so I, I feel like, um, you know, there's so much good research on psychological safety, and I feel like there's been a lot of conversation about it, um, even with my clients of, you know, why do we need psychological safety in the culture? You know, what are some of the ways that we improve the psychological safety within the teams and within, you know, some of these different meetings? Um, but I also think that there's there's been this misunderstanding Uh, of psychological safety that has equated it to comfort that Mm -hmm. like we all feel comfortable with one another to kind of be ourselves, Um, you know, but it's been missing that sense of, you know, when there is an issue, when there is a, a problem or a mistake that has happened, we feel, you know, some responsibility to acknowledging it. So that as a group, we can figure out how do we address that? How do we work through it? Or how do we prevent that from ever happening again? Um, so it's like we're we're missing some of the the um, part that, that compels that higher performance out of the group. And that, um, you know, the idea of like, it, it starts more than likely with some of the humility from the leader of saying, I am not the one that's going to have all the answers. I need the voices of all of you. I need all of you. Pitching in and letting me know what you're seeing from your perspectives, uh, because I I might miss something um, or I might not be aware of something. Uh, so that that dimension has been really tough. And so when I think about the pandemic, um, I, I've been so um, so heartened, I guess, to see the the grace that has like so naturally been extended to people of. Um, you know, it used to be if you worked from home and your your kid or your pet or, or something like happened in the background, is like, oh gosh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, how unprofessional of me. And you could start to feel the scorn. Um, you know, especially early days of the pandemic, like that stuff happened, and it was like an invitation of, oh my gosh, this is the the little break that we needed. Let's we want to see your dog or we want to see your kid. Um, I, I remember one scrum master. He on the um, wall behind him had a a drawing that was done by his son. And so one day we're having a one-on-one and his son walks in and he's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I will tell him to go away. And he's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. My son, he like wants to meet you. This is so embarrassing. I was like, Oh my God, no. Like, wait, is he the artist? Is he the one that did the drawing? That's like right behind you. Like I would love to say hi. And this will take all of like two minutes. I'm like, how cool to just like enjoy two minutes, you know, of you, you've done something that your dad is very proud of and it hangs right behind him. And he gets to see it in his video for hour after hour, after hour, you know, as he's probably on like all these calls, all these meetings. Um, But like, how, how neat is it to see that that relationship is being like brought into uh, this different setting that we have professionally. So like some of that, that like dropping of the boundaries I, I think was kind of cool. You're seeing more human empathy, uh, you know, just very naturally um, show up. Um, I, I do think there is still some some weirdness. Uh, you know, I, I feel like some organizations still struggle, like the expectation of video. Uh, that I, I have read just enough that I I feel empathy in ways of if you don't want to be on video. I'm okay with that. Like, I let's just kind of talk through it. And then, you know, how would I know, uh, you know, if, if you're getting the the things that you need to participate, um, if you're able to follow along, or if you're able to get your voice in, because we, we might not be able to pick up on body language, obviously. Um, that if, you know, many women are, are, finding themselves in situations where they are more likely to be working in dining rooms or common areas of their house. They might not have the home office um, that some of us do. And so they, they might be more self-aware of the distractions around them, whether that's, you know, the dishes or the laundry or kids or pets or any number of things that could be going on in their household. Um, I also know as a woman, I feel silly, but I'm like, yeah, I still put on makeup and I still worry about my hair. Uh, there, there are days that I will definitely show up like, yep, that's my hair in a top knot. And yeah, it's probably not super duper obvious, but yes, I'm wearing my workout t-shirt cause I'm going to go and, you know, try and take a walk outside later. Um, or I might even be, you know, getting some exercise, uh, you know, doing some Pilates after work. Um, but I also know that, that women tend to be judged on their appearances. And so we are sometimes mindful of, If it's a bad hair day, it might not seem so um, safe or so natural in in my organization to show that on camera. People might not be so accepting of that. And I I think that's unfortunate. So while there's greater awareness of psychological safety, I think we we don't always recognize where privilege is um, coming into play. And how do we continue to, to extend psychological safety to those um, that have needs other than what we personally need?
1: Absolutely. I was thinking about when you first started, started talking about psychological safety and the leader you know, being vulnerable and saying, I don't have all the answers. I think mm. it is also really powerful when that leader can say... All of those things, you know, are necessary for psychological safety mm-hmm. and to explicitly say it is not a career limiting move to turn <laughs> off your camera. Yeah. You know, I mean, the leaders that are self-aware enough, aware of their position of power mm-hmm. and and aware of like, you can't just say, hey, everything's fine here. Don't worry. Period. Like it's not enough, you know, but to be really explicit about to be really explicit about boundaries, like Mm. maybe it's like, listen, it's okay to be camera off for X, Y, and Z. um, But just, you know, be prepared, be okay, be ready to be on camera for our team meeting or Mm. whatever it might be. Um, There's so many articles out right now about how do leaders deal with you know, hybrid and how do leaders deal with the future of work? And I think ultimately, if they could just be really aware and explicit about boundaries Mm. and continue to explore those boundaries, like maybe, maybe it was necessary to be camera on for a certain amount of time. And we're just assuming that that, you know, continues Right. but putting in those moments of checking with themselves and with their teams about what's necessary right now.
0: And I, I you know, I, I feel like my boundaries have like certainly changed, uh, you know, over the last however many months, you know, it used to be that I would be at work all day, come home. And I was more than happy to be on my laptop, reading a bunch of blogs, checking emails, responding to things uh, you know, maybe doing some writing on the weekends. And I very quickly realized, like, I can't, I cannot be at my device that much, it is going to make me physically sick. Uh, So the first boundary was like, cool, no computer after um, dinner time, and and not on the weekends. And even that flexed a little bit, depending on, you know, if I needed to collaborate with somebody, and those were the only available times, but then I had to kind of impose a different boundary, like, so then how do I make up for that? How do I get my time to go for walks and get some fresh air? Or, you know, what does it mean to try to stay connected with friends uh, and family, you know, during you know, quarantining and, and all of that? Um, I, I think for me, I've recognized like, there are some boundaries that uh, it's like, they're so common practice, I could easily put those in place and enforcement and, and no one would think much of it. But I don't know that it would really be serving me or the relationships that I'm in all that well. It would just be commonplace. Like um, this sounds kind of silly, uh, but I, I I don't worry when people are late to meetings. I am super chill nowadays. Of like, oh hey, cool, you made it. Like, you okay? Like, did you? Were you able to get the break that you needed between like whatever you just came from and like us right now? You know, like, let's just kind of check in. Like, so how are things? Like, did, or, do you need to like catch your breath? Do you need to set something aside? Uh, you know, like what's what's top of mind? You know, yesterday I was supposed to be collaborating with someone um, on, a, on a project that we're working on. And, you know, first, well, when she was a little bit late uh, and, you know, I, I did end up messaging her of, like, hey, like, do you still have time to meet now? I was, like, it's totally cool if you don't, but I just thought I'd like check in. So she shows up. She's like, I am so sorry. Uh, you know, I, I got wrapped up in something else. I know last time we said I was going to do this action item. I have not done it. Um, this other thing kind of like fell on my plate. And I'm like, cool. Um, this is going to sound super weird. I'm Like, congratulations, you practice accountability. Like, you know, like <laughs> who gets to celebrate that someone just owned up that they did not follow through on stuff. And I'm like, awesome. I'm totally okay with that. Like, sounds like you've got a lot going on. I totally understand. You are a lot going on person right now. Like you do a lot of things for a lot of different people. So let's talk about like, what is it that you need right now? It sounds like there's something else that's like really pressing. I'm like, okay, so let's look at when can we kind of talk about the thing that we needed to work on? Don't worry about it. Like it, yeah, it can totally happen like later on this week. Now for the thing that you've got that's pressing right now, how can I ho- help you with that? How can I support you with that? Like you just, you still got 30 minutes. You just talk out. What is the approach that you're about to take on this thing that just got dropped in your lap? Yep, I'm your sounding board. I'll help you think through it. You've got this. Like that. that's the thing that you need right now. Um, it is incredibly unusual uh, to, to be that person that says, you know what? I just want to know that I'm present in the moment. Uh, that I I'm doing what I can to take care of some of these folks um, that I'm choosing to spend time with. And even if, even if I don't get to spend all the time that they show up late or they need to leave early, or maybe they don't even appear, you just kind of go like, I hope all is well with you. Um, I, I'm not going to be the, the, we said, this is the time box and where are you and agitated, agitated. We have a thing to do. Um, Cause it, I don't want that agitation in myself. That does not serve me very well. My calendar has changed so many times. Um, I, I think actually, Melissa, like you and I had to go back and forth on the scheduling of the podcast, even. Like, calendars are just not as stable as they used to be. There's so much stuff that pops up, um, or we, because it's all virtual and it's so easy to connect remotely. We're connecting to very different groups or like very different, like, I, I think like worlds, sort of like George Costanza, like the worlds are colliding, but like, like we're, we're connecting to <laughs> like all these different areas of life and, and business, uh, that it is very easy for those to come into conflict with one another. And it only happens on our calendar. And it's like, oh gosh, that person, we were in the middle of a thing and it started to run over that now has an impact on the next thing that I was I was slated to do that I, I kind of got into like defensive calendaring of like, all right, there are certain folks I know, they might tend to run late or when things get really juicy, we will always need more than 30 minutes. Like I will put some buffer on my calendar so that I can honor what's in that moment and not be stressed out about who am I perhaps like dishonoring uh, or, or, you know, having a, a ripple effect on, you know, if I'm, you know, having to message them and postpone or I'm showing up of like, yeah, it was clearly another thing. Let me shake it off and here with you now. Got it. Let's do it. What What's going on? <laughs> it's just, it's a lot to juggle.
1: Grace and safety. That's the, and like safety. the whole time you were talking. Those are the words that I was sort of hearing <laughs> in my head. It was like an intentional grace and Mm -hmm. an intentional safety, which I think we all hopefully at this point in the pandemic have both experienced and offered to Mm -hmm. other people. And it is one of the things I hope we continue. Like I hope that we continue to be aware and intentional of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, as we get toward wrapping up um, I love asking folks two quick questions uh, to wrap up the podcast. One Mm -hmm. When you hear the phrase wild hearts, what is it that comes to mind for you? Wild hearts at work. <laughs> what is it that comes to mind for
0: you? Um oh man, that's a good question. Um, because there there's the the, the wild in, implies like a, a certain like rawness or um I was I was thinking like savage in a way, but that is kind of out there. Um, but, but there, there's just something very, um, like pure and I'm going to go with raw again. Like there's just something kind of edgy about this. Um, but especially to, to bring that, to bring that at work, uh, or, and that, I guess there's kind of a a double meaning there because there's the like obvious one of like, so in the work setting, you know, in, in the work environment. Um, But for me, there's also this like secondary of like, no, like use that as the fuel, put that to work, right? Like let that start to drive uh, something like, let that be the energy, the, the, um, the momentum that you need. Um, to to be able to persevere, that instead of playing the game like everyone else or or trying to do things like everyone else, it's like find what's distinct and unique, uh, and and like where your own sort of like wild energy lives. Uh, of for for me, it's kind of this like wackadoo. Like I love musicals, I love reading, I love thinking that like uh the, the show like Zoe's extraordinary playlist I was like that that's my jam, right? Like if I could actually have people have like song and dance breaks during the workday, it would be amazing. Um I I have not pulled that off yet. Um but but right it's like knowing like that's what my core is kind of like how does that get to propel uh the kinds of projects or the kinds of like client engagements um, that I take on Beautiful.
1: <laughs> I love, I love just hearing the interpretations because they're all like spot on to my heart and you mm-hmm. know, where this all came from. Um, <laughs> second question, as we mm-hmm. wrap up, what are you reading these days?
0: Um, I I just started a book um, by Dr. Carrie Arnold. Um, she has a PhD. I actually saw her speak many years ago at a coaching conference and Um, you and I have been to so many conferences, there are so many sessions we've been to, and they're all a blur. And then there are those ones that stand out. Um, Mm -hmm. Hers is one that stands out. She talked about how women in leadership roles, particularly as executives, either are silenced, or silence themselves. uh, Because of some of, again, like that psychological safety of being a leader and being in some of those executive settings that it's, it's not the obvious, uh, you know, like sexist, you know, comments that are, that are you know, causing her to, to be diminished. It's just the overall vibe. It, it's the overall, like this system is not designed well for you. Uh, and, and maybe your wild heart doesn't really jive, um, in this setting all that much that, that causes the silencing. So I, I just picked up her book and started reading it about the, um, research that she's done in this area. And I'm really looking forward to, uh, hearing some of the, the tips that she has of how do you help women overcome this? Cause, uh, our, our voices are needed. Uh, and I, and i And I actually mean like not only women, but non-binary folks from underrepresented groups that like the richness, the diversity, the, um, the alternative perspectives, all those people with the frustrations, I need to hear the dreams uh, that you've got. I I want to tap into that because I I think we can uh, do so much good if we are creating a a more vivid picture of what the future could be like.
1: I'm just sitting with that for (laughs) one more second
0: because I so,
1: I so believe and buy into all of that. And, you know, there were a lot of different iterations of what this podcast might be called. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons I settled on this one was because it wasn't gendered Mm -hmm. Um, because I do, you know, I, have experienced some of the things that you are referring to but I also so is my husband
0: mm-hmm, right mm-hmm.
1: my husband is a tall cis het white male but he's also very sensitive and he's also mm-hmm. very um you know not toxic masculine mm-hmm. and yeah. he has experienced some of the things that I have experienced and so mm-hmm. I definitely love the idea of making space for all of those energies you know regardless of gender yeah. um so yeah and I feel like that's a whole nother podcast Allison so you <laughs> might ha- you might have to come back <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> and so with that um yeah I think there's definitely gonna have to be a part two here um but thank you so much for joining us today Allison I, I truly like this last almost hour has flown. Yes. And so I really appreciate all your perspectives and all the work that you do out in the world.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm excited to see what comes out of this unfiltered heaven that we've created, perhaps, oh. and, and the repercussions of it.
1: <laughs> I love it. We have now flipped the script from unfiltered hell to unfiltered heaven. There we go. And with that, friends, listeners, thank you so much for joining us on this week of Wild Hearts at Work. As always, like, subscribe, share with your friends, share on social media. And if you are interested in supporting the podcast, we do now have a Patreon in which you can join at different levels and, you know, get some behind the the scenes. There's even merch, which (laughs) I said last time is like super weird. but regardless, the most thing, the most that you can give in support is showing up and listening and sharing. So thank you so much for being here. And until next time, dear hearts, stay wild.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Wild Hearts at Work. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share. For more resources and to connect with Melissa, visit melissaboggs.com. Also, if you or someone you know is doing great work in a wild way, get in touch about being a guest on the show. Until next time,